1: down and filthy but the discipline is on point school myself made my own dojo a cold flow with the whole dose of soul maintain composure even in theory and anomaly properties undiscernible to mere peasants
0: Use this entire like week entire on the million dollar plan we talk about patience yes that quality you need if you're going to be a parent it's been an interesting week here at the uh, Pete the planner world headquarters I gained some very important knowledge that took me Nearly 40 years together. I'm 38, so I'm just rounding up. I found out this week that a group of pugs, a group of Chinese pugs, you know, the, the dog, is called a grumble. You know, <laughs> you call a group of pugs a grumble. That's what they're, uh, you know, like a pack of wolves, a grumble of pugs, which if you, I have a pug and, it, and they grumble, so that's great. Number two, and more importantly, I believe, a group of ferrets is called a business a business so the next time someone's like i'm thinking about selling my business what they could mean is different than what you think they mean you know what i'm saying so uh like today i'm wearing business casual but you don't know if it means i'm referring to a ferret a group of ferrets or anyway uh so this week we're talking about patience i, I uh, this past week uh, was one of those weeks in which uh i I think I sat down with about 40 different couples, uh, people or couples for 15 to 20 minutes each just based on the week that presented, <laughs> the, the the week I was presented with, uh, what my duties were this week. So anyway, about 40 different couples. And, and when I do that, and I do it from time to time, certain themes start to come up, you know, and and I don't know if they're seasonal or geographical, like based on you know, where I am in the country that I'm doing this. I happened to, to have, take these 40 meetings in central Indiana, uh, a group of university st- faculty and staff, and then a large accounting firm. So th- that was sort of the mix of people. And, and one concept during those conversations just came alive for me. And that's the concept of patience. And how we misinterpret patients, how we don't exercise patients and how that affects our financial uh, lives. So today we're focusing on patients, no, not business. And by business, again, you don't know if I mean ferrets or not, uh, we're, we're dealing with patients. So uh, this first segment here, we're going to talk about uh, patients in relation to housing. The second segment, we're going to deal with patients in regards to the market then uh, in the third segment, we're going to deal with the wrong forms of patience or uh, misconstruing patience to be something else. That's what we're doing. Uh, so uh, to begin, uh, housing patients. So here, here's the thing. If you grew up in a single family home uh, as a young kid or a teenager, then I think you're wired to want to get yourself back into a single family home. Once you're an adult, I mean, it's just sort of the, well, this is the way my childhood was. And if you liked your childhood, you're going to want to uh, continue <laughs> that trend of living in a single family home. And so you get people doing all sorts of things. You get them graduating from college and then say, well, I'd like to buy a house as soon as I can. Or um, that's how the phrase, you know, you're renting, when you rent, you throw money away. I mean, that, that's part of that idea that we create these reasons why renting doesn't make sense. But it's all based in the fact that we just want to own a home because that's how we grew up. Now, that's my theory at least, right? Owning a home is interesting, right? I own a home. I've owned three homes, uh, and it's it's interesting. But I don't think it's really what I thought it would be before I owned a home. I mean, it's not as romanticized. And, you know, we've talked on this program before about how it's it's not the American dream. I mean, it's just a... It's just a thing, either you own or you rent, right? And unfortunately, if you rush the process, if you're impatient, if you don't get your ducks in a row, home ownership will ruin your life. I've seen it this week. Of the 40 different people I've talked to, I've seen home ownership ruin people's financial lives. On top of that, I've seen patience in regards to home ownership save people's financial lives. I talked to a young woman this week, who her and her husband, uh, about a year ago, I had a chance to sit down with the same lady about a year ago at her work, uh, she was thinking about buying a bigger house because she didn't feel like the space they had was enough. And, and by God, I, I talked her out of it. I actually, I actually won that conversation, if you want to view it that way. Talked her out of it. And when I talked to her this year, I mean, this isn't about me. This is about her, but it saved her financial life. No doubt it saved her financial life. And her financial life, um, had she done that, would be in ruins, absolute ruins. And it's still not great having not purchased the bigger and more expensive house. The problem is, you have to say who is stoking the fires to uh, speed up the process. Okay, so if you're saying, well, if the, the default isn't patience, right, people aren't generally patient about wanting to purchase a home, then who's on the other side of that equation? Like, who, who is saying, of course you don't need to be patient. Just buy a home. Well, lots of people. Lots of people who stand to, to make a lot of money and really don't care about how comfortable you are as long as you make the payment. Those would be lenders. Uh, and those would be home builders. And realtors, for that matter. None of those people are bad. None of those entities are evil. But they, they just have different interests than you do. I love realtors. And I, I, I have no problem with lenders. And I have uh, no problem with home builders. But their interests are, couldn't be any more different than what your interests are. They seem aligned, but they're not. And that's okay. It doesn't make them bad. Sometimes, you know, you, you go into a, a store or you go car shopping and you, you feel like there's an adversarial role between you and the person trying to sell you something. There, there shouldn't be. It's not an adversarial relationship. It's just that your interests are not aligned. And when uh, you go into the relationship thinking your interests are aligned is when you can get burned. And so we just don't want that to happen. So uh, there's six different ways in which patience affects uh, homeownership, right? I think you should display patience, meaning don't buy a home, until you have a reasonable down payment. I've pegged, and reasonable is subjective, right? I've pegged reasonable at uh, 10% down. Now, if you want to put more than 10% down, have at it, which then brings us to sort of the next level of patience. Don't put down a down payment until you've got an emergency fund stacked behind it to be able to help you afford and handle the rigors of home ownership. If you have put 20% down, but then you have $3 in your savings account, A, you're not going to be able to furnish the home and get it up to, to snuff of how you want it. And B, when something goes wrong, which it inevitably does, you're not going to be able to fix it. Frankly, I mean, here's the crazy thing. Just servicing your furnace appropriately Is going to cost you money, right? And there's nothing even wrong with your furnace. It's just sort of like the regular checkup to get it ready for the season. And if you don't do those sorts of things, guess what happens? The furnace breaks. I think that's the nature of home ownership that when people are impatient, they completely ignore is that home maintenance is not just about reactive care when something goes wrong, but preventative care. So that nothing does go wrong. Caulking your windows appropriately. Listen, I'm like Bob Vila all of a sudden. Um, This old house, this old Pete the Planner house. There's entire businesses that help people uh, prepare their homes for winter. And by businesses, again, you don't know if I mean a group of ferrets or not. That's that's why it's such a great thing. You could just be like ferrets in all uniforms running around protecting your house. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it would be, wouldn't it? So people, when they rush the down payment process or when they circumvent the natural process of of, uh, accumulating a down payment by taking a gift or borrowing money from parents for a down payment. That is impatience, and it will have consequences. I think that's maybe the thing I left off about this segment today, or this, uh, this idea today. A lack of patience will have consequences, bar none. There, there are consequences to impatience. If you, do not, if you do not have a proper down payment to buy a house, and uh, again, for me, barrier to entry is 10% of the value of the home, there are consequences. Uh, and, and let's, let's go a step further. The reason I want you to have a 10% down payment as opposed to 3%, which could get you by is I just need you to display your ability to consistently, uh, save money. If you can't prove to me, you can save money, then don't buy a home. You can't afford it. See, that's the idea. Like if someone were to gift you $15,000 for a down payment on a home, I, I would argue that, uh, You still can't afford to be a homeowner because you yourself haven't proved that you can save money. Lots of people disagree with this particular stance, by the way. Lots of people. You know, uh, Trump's always like, uh, lots of people think, uh, well, what I'm saying is lots of people disagree with what I'm saying. But unfortunately, those people aren't there to have to pick up the pieces like I have to. Uh, An emergency fund is also a good measure of whether you can afford uh, to purchase a house if after the down payment, you still have an emergency fund. How about this one? Now, this one's a little more advanced. It's a little tougher, and uh, it's going to bother you. But I think until you can afford a 15-year mortgage on the house that you want to move into, I would argue that um, you, A, can't afford the house, and B, if you rush the process, the impatience will cause consequences. You know and this is this is a tough one right because so many people again view being approved for a home moving into the home as running through the finish line and it's a great accomplishment and when i start down this talking path you think wow this guy really stinks because he's saying it's not an accomplishment to to buy a home i don't know i mean just because a lot of people can't buy a home doesn't mean that buying a home is in itself an accomplishment I mean, especially if you can't afford the home. Why why isn't it an accomplishment to put yourself in a terrible financial position? You know? A fifteen year mortgage will make your financial life so much easier. Does it stink the first year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely does. Yeah absolutely. Three, four years into it, do you care? No. You're 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 running out to the store at half price sales to buy stationery to send me thank you notes. I've never, ever, and I, I'm going to take a second to think about this, and I'm stalling for a second because I do not want to lie. I don't think I've ever met anyone past three years in a 15-year mortgage that has expressed regret, ever. Yet, every day, I've met people with 30-year mortgages at every step in the process, including the 29th year, who have expressed regret, that they have a 30-year mortgage and didn't have a 15. How about the next uh, display of housing patience? Until you can afford a house which you'll be able to sell later. Now, sometimes people just buy any old house they can get in at any price point, but I would argue that if you cannot afford to buy a house that is uh, resellable, you know, we had the the real estate investing uh, episode few weeks, few months back. I don't know. I have no concept of time. And uh, David Klein, our guest was talking about, he would not buy a piece of real estate without having a plan to sell it. And I'd never really thought about that way. And it occurred to me, the current piece of real estate that I live in, I don't actually have a plan to sell it. So that's disconcerting. So don't be so impatient that you're buying a house that you refuse to come up with a plan of how to sell it. And finally, as we wrap up this uh, segment, uh, until you can buy a house which doesn't prevent you from spending money, uh, you need to show some patience. So, uh, the idea that your house takes up so much of your discretionary income that you're you're chained to your house, you can't go on vacation, you can't do anything. So that's it. That is how impatience in housing can hurt you. Coming up next, how impatience in the market can hurt you. This is the Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing.
1: Love- and hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the
0: Planner.
1: Luis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sound good to me. Uh, uh, I never question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strongly yeah. as any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Can by the, scenery, but I'm
0: the patience episode of the million dollar plan today. You know, if uh, money has nothing to do with money and being good at money doesn't have a tremendous amount to do with math, if it's all about behavior, isn't it also about certain characteristics and quality traits such as uh, or character traits such as patience, diligence, yeah, I think over the next several months, what you're going to hear on the show is just peppering in sort of different human qualities that you need to master in order to be good at investing. Very simply put, patience is one of them. Uh, I, even, I even believe at one point, a person once said patience is a virtue. I don't, I don't believe that to be true. Anyway, so a uh, million dollar plan, talking patience. Last segment, we dealt with uh, patience and home ownership. Because I view, short of this segment on investing, patience and home ownership is about the most uh, important uh, reason to be patient, to not blow your financial life over poor housing decisions. But how about the market and investing? Despite what certain media, uh, forms of media may tell you via commercials and radio shows that uh, the market's too risky and all these sorts of things that play into fear, that you may hear from time to time. I can tell you, um, you need to trust the economic system, (laughs) the stock market uh, that has been around for decades and decades and decades and decades that have caused numerous successful retirements. And yes, from time to time, the market does get hit in the teeth. And from time to time, if you are not prepared for that with the right allocations, you get punched in the teeth. That doesn't make the market bad, right? I think I think for people, as you get closer to retirement, you start to look for almost people to blame that if something goes wrong and, and people have turned to pointing at the market and saying, this is the reason I can't retire. No, it's actually not the reason. It's your choices around the market or why you can't retire and your lack of contributions as to why you can't retire. So, we're gonna talk about the market now and how our lack of patience in relationship to the market hurt us. Um, and, it, and it starts with this very phrase that I hear on a reg- regular basis. Should I change my investments, the market isn't having a very good year. Well, uh, to answer the question, no. And who cares? <laughs> yeah, the, the market's gonna stink from time to time. It could have a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, a bad year, a bad two years but you know what? It always turns up. Always, 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 always. Unless you're specifically trying to to find a period of time in which it doesn't go up and you have to use a 231 day period to prove your point, you're not going to be able to find a normal period in which the market does not perform for you the way you need it to perform. Now this is a, 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 across broad indices, right? You you can't put all your eggs in one basket, but to suggest that uh, market turmoil ruins your retirement or that it should affect how you invest the next dollar is crazy. It's crazy, and if you buy into that idea, you will make really bad financial decisions. Again, I, I don't people disagree with this, but I'm not really concerned if if you because i have data on my side you know when you have the facts on your side it it, it's you don't have to rely on 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 people's fear to sell them things right your contributions are the key to your financial future your willingness to put away money now and not later that's the key to not say well i'm not going to put money in right now it's looking a little just go Will, will the market fall? Yes, the market is going to fall. I'll just, I'll just, uh, save you some time. The market's going to crash again. It is. Hey, let's spend some time on this. The market's going to crash again. I'm telling, I guarantee you, I guarantee you the market will go down a lot sometime. Who cares because you don't know when it is, you don't know when to get out. You don't know when to get back in. I feel like we, we, we touch on this every single week. And it all revolves around patience and, and manipulation for that matter. We want to feel like we prevent uh, a disaster of our financial lives. And you do, you can prevent disaster for your financial life by consistently contributing the right amount. I think this all revolves around the idea that people don't put enough away for retirement. So then they feel like the way they can fix that is by manipulating their investments. Right. If people put away the correct amount of money uh, in relation to their career earnings, this is not a problem. But if you put away nothing because your consumer habits and your lifestyle choices uh, have you in a bind, then you're going to look for all sorts of other ways that you think you can accomplish your goal. Right? And then protectionism gets involved where you're just like, well, I don't have much money, so I want to protect what I have. And then you pull completely out of the market. You buy very expensive, ridiculous investments that, that, that don't help you when the entire problem is you didn't put enough money in in the first place. Risk tolerance is a big part of this too. The risk tolerance, the idea of risk tolerance is how much uh, risk are you willing to take on within your portfolio? Now, some people say, I don't want any, and that's why I buy expensive uh, products that uh, protect me against risk. Okay. But I would argue that if you're contributing the right amount of money, none of this is a problem. None of it. I I feel like I quote this study every week. I should probably just have a section of the show dedicated to it. Russell Investments says between 12 to 14... Russell Investments, uh, it's about a $700 billion investment company. Uh, They did a study that said if the average person put 12 to 14% of their annual earnings aside, uh, invested them regularly that the chance of a successful retirement is exceedingly high if you don't put between 12 to 14 percent of your income your chances of uh retirement or a successful retirement are low like that that's the whole point i feel like every commercial on the radio that is at least financially related should say put 12 to 14 percent of your income towards the future But if you're hearing this number for the first time, why is that? Is it because I made it up? No, I I didn't make it up. Is it because it's a secret to investing? No, it's because we're looking for other people to blame. (laughs) That's why we're impatient. We refuse to uh, uh, look introspectively at our own responsibility in the process. Like, think about this for a second. This isn't just occurring to me. Let, let's let say every financial commercial you ever hear, uh, you know what? I am a radio guy. How about I just do a commercial for you right now on the air? I haven't thought about this, so who knows how this goes. Hi, this is Pete the Planner. Every day I help Americans with their financial lives. And you know, over nearly two decades in the business, I've learned something, that if You put 12 to 14% of your annual household income, gross income that is, before taxes, away for the future, you will have a successful retirement. If you don't do that, then all bets are off. Contributing 12 to 14% is responsible for this ad. I'm Pete the Planner, and I approve this message. See, there you go. Isn't that what this is about? Is it, like, it I can't believe this just occurred to me. Like, the whole idea here is that because you don't want to do what you should do, which is put 12 to 14% of your income away, and because people don't tell you that because they want to be part of the process and sell you other things and blame other people, the, this whole system sort of falls apart. And it's all built around impatience. Is putting 12 to 14% of your income away fun? No, it's not. It's 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 not. I got a letter this week. You know what? I'm going to try to pull it up. Let's I always love when I do stuff on the fly cuz it makes for good radio. I think the guy's name was Bruce. Oh, here it is. Bruce. Uh I want to he <laughs> compliments me a lot. Oh, actually, you know what? I'll just Here we go. Do we have time? Let me I know. I know, I know, I know. Okay, we got time. Dear Pete, just want to tell you how much I've enjoyed your posts, imploring all of us to save more, start earlier, more regularly, and enjoy the benefits at the end of working. We are examples of that strategy. My wife and I both are business professors, newly retired at age 66, and took advantage of our business education to do just that. We began with nothing, no debt, but no savings, and found room in our budget to save as much as possible Uh, Over the years, we benefited from generous university contributions, especially in the 1980s when inflation was rampant and salary increases did not keep up. We saved quite a bit on our own into supplemental retirement accounts and each year maxed out contributions by law. By the way, we are not finance professors, but realize the benefits of regular savings. We spent carefully, but not to the point of starvation. We kept our cars six to eight years. We each wrote books and those royalties, not as much as you might think. Oh, believe me, Bruce, I know how much it is and it's not much. And I do know uh, and they used the royalties to splurge from time to time. Today, we have a vacation home on a lake as well as a permanent home in our hometown. We also have saved faithfully for our daughter's college education, and they had more than enough to cover them through grad school and beyond. We engaged a wealth manager to handle asset allocation as well as our monthly contributions. Uh, He has run numerous simulations regarding our retirement planning and has confidence that our net worth will only continue to grow into our golden years. At this point, our retirement assets exceed $2 million, all based on a doable regular monthly payroll savings beginning in our 20s. Additional assets saved outside of retirement plans are significant. Pete, there's no need to respond to this, but it has not been painful, just purposeful. And at the end result, it's very satisfying. You might not be surprised that our personalities more reflect the tortoise than the hare. We concluded successful academic careers in 2016 are enjoying the prospects for the future without paychecks. Your column about market timing regarding the election was interesting. Our financial advisor long ago convinced us that the market rebounds after a hiccup and the best strategy taking the long term and simply not to worry day to day. We agree and endorse your message. See, it's just not me. You have to be patient. When I be patient, I mean, it's like, give yourself a chance at success by contributing what you should contribute. Next, uh, after the break, I'm gonna come back and tell you the wrong type of patience, the wrong type of patience, and I mean business, which could mean just a group of ferrets. I'm Pete the Planner. <laughs>
1: on the beat, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Glass House, yes, sir. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, oh, yeah. ATFU, Naptown, In like the end of the game at the casino, I lean so the glare of the rear view don't hit me, swiftly through the avenues and boulevards, old soul, playing on my speakers, old soul, but young and age, of boss player, not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary, Indiana game, around the country but the mindset was there ain't. i won't complain about it. damn thing on this got it Glass
0: house it funky. it's it the patience episode of the million dollar plan i'm your illustrious host pete the planner what's illustrious I mean, let's actually look up the, the dictionary. i know what it means but let's look it up just in case you don't know what i mean illustrious well known respected and admired for past achievements well i'm definitely not illustrious hi it's pete Uh, So uh, we've been talking patience this entire show today. And so what I want to do now is I want to talk about the wrong forms of patience. And and so sometimes people are like, well, I'm just being patient. No, you're procrastinating slash waiting for no reason. So I talk to people in their 20s all the time, not in a creepy way, you know, not in chat rooms, but just like I just (laughs) encounter them. And we have mild, mildly entertaining conversations and sometimes I find that they're waiting to invest until dot, 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 whatever. I mean, all sorts of reasons that people convince themselves to wait to invest. I, I don't know what they are. Oh, wait, we'll am pay off my student loans. Okay. I want to wait until I get on my feet. Okay. A terrible idea. You cannot wait. You know, I don't talk a ton about teenagers um, in relation to money. But I can tell you when I was a teenager... I, uh, I started investing and I'm glad I did. If you have a teenager, get them investing, you know, you can make your teenager a millionaire. Very, 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 very very easily. If you get your kid to understand investing at age 16, when they get the first gig, they'll be a millionaire, not at 16. I mean, that's ridiculous. Don't be silly. Right. I mean, the show's called Million Dollar Plan. I do courses about being a millionaire. And, and it feels gross, right? I mean, it feels. Are you dangling a million dollars in front of anyone? Well, someone kind of, yeah, I am. Is it gross? No, it's not. It's just being honest. Like, pull your kid into a room and say, look, kid, maybe his name's Steven. I don't know what his name is. I don't know you. So, Steven, if you do this, you're going to be a millionaire. Now, Stephen, it's important for you to understand that being a millionaire is not the end-all be-all, but it is going to be necessary years down the road for you because of our pension system, because of Social Security. Stephen, I know you're 16 and you're a, a host at a casual dining restaurant. And you learned some things from your older coworkers that I wish you didn't. But you're going to have to be a millionaire. Do you want to know how to do it? Yeah dad. yeah, dad, but I'm noticing some changes with my body. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just teach your kid to be a millionaire. You can't wait to invest. If you're waiting into your 30s to invest, what are you doing? Simply put, your life does not get easier as you get older financially. That ah, will have more money to invest later. No, you won't. How about waiting to budget? Well, we're going to wait to budget. That's a, that's a ridiculous idea. You know, what's funny about this is this comes into play for pre-retirees. Well, we're going to wait to budget until we retire. We haven't budgeted for 40 years. We don't really want to start now. Really? That's your strategy? It's a terrible strategy. Well, we're not going to budget until we start getting Social Security when we have to. Okay. Yes, because teaching an old dog new tricks uh, under the gun is a good idea. Budget now. There's 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 no reason not to. Now, I, do, I don't I do know if I've told you this before. I'm, my chair is creaky. Can you hear it? I need a quiet chair. Uh, So that's not what I was going to tell you. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you are funding your financial goals appropriately, if you're doing what you need to do to fully fund your goals on time, I don't think you have to budget, right? If you are funding your goals, retirement, college fund, whatever else your goals are, and, and you're putting the correct amount of money away to accomplish the goals on time, I don't think you have to budget the rest of your money. If you don't know how much you should be putting away for your retirement goals, if you don't can't afford to fully fund your retirement and college goals, then you have to budget. Right? So here's the crazy part. People are like, I want to make more money so I don't have to budget. No, 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 no. I want to fund my goals fully so I don't have to budget is the only way that makes sense. I used to work with professional athletes, and all the time they never felt like they had to budget because they made so much darn money, which is ridiculous for lots of reasons. But unless they were using their huge earnings to accomplish all of their financial goals for the rest of their life, then they needed to budget. Waiting to save money is always interesting, too, right? Uh, So waiting to invest and waiting to save money are a little bit different. Uh, Investing is about growing your future. Saving is really about uh, protecting yourself against emergencies and from life happening. So waiting to save is also the wrong form of patience. Waiting to decide. Okay, so uh, when I think about waiting to decide, I think about waiting to decide how to fund your kid's college education, waiting to decide... um, You know, pension options if you happen to have them. I think once you get all the information you can gather, then it makes sense to make a quick decision—not a—not a a hasty decision, but a quick decision. What I see people do financially is they gather little bits of information over time, accidentally, and then don't make good decisions. Right. So I'm a huge proponent of gathering a ton of information. Uh, asking a ton of questions and then making a swift decision that is not hasty and then finally waiting to care and I talked to 40 people this week like i said uh 40 individuals 15 to 20 minutes at a time and uh, one of the themes were i just don't care about that right now uh, in, in relation to retirement okay i get that you're 28 years old but guess what when you're 68 years old You're arguably going to have no income streams for 40 years. So you kind of don't have the luxury to not care, even though it's 40 years from now that that's going to happen. Patience and waiting are different. Patience and procrastination are different. Coming up after the break, the biggest waste of money of the week. I'm Pete the Planner.
1: Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks Running with the gale force wind at my back Swift and enduring, I remain calm Swift and enduring, I remain calm Swift and enduring, I remain calm This, lays great to rest. Let
0: me remain this week's biggest waste of money of the week, the bomb, here on the million dollar plan is The CMRA Apple Watch Camera For all the features that the Apple Watch has, it's missing something nearly every other Apple product has, a camera. The CMRA, Apple Watch Camera, fixes that. This smart band attaches like any other, but has an 8 megapixel outward-facing camera and a 2 megapixel selfie cam, both supplied by the tiny cam Maestros at Sony. Uh, wait, let me, let me read that (laughs) within the correct inflation. both supplied by the tiny cam maestros at Sony. It can also grab HD videos, has all day battery life, or at least as much as your watch and comes in four colors that should match any wardrobe. It's $150. So I know what you're thinking. That's pretty cool. Why do you need a camera on your watch? Like it also doesn't have a toaster. My Apple watch doesn't have a toaster. You know, I should make a band that has a toaster. You don't need a camera on your watch. It's a gold darn watch. This is where I turn into an old guy because I cannot, I can't deal with this business. And by business, I could mean a group of (laughs) ferrets. That's it this week for the show. The Patience episode. If you missed any of it, then some of my references throughout the later parts of the show seem, well, insane. So go to uh, get the proper rest of the information. Go to PeteThePlanner.com, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the rest. Uh, I'm Pete the Planner. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in my budget. Peace.
1: If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for...
0: Information purposes only it's not the swisses Ventral planning the flights Consult a Vantal divisor
1: release from Everest The fresh is fresh and you can call me ET word to John Tesh Let me bless this harmonic presentation, it's amazing, so amazing, I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, Lovetron greetings from a faraway away land. I am the sole controller, put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love Lovetron can restore your health, I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? Salutations, I bring you Love and greetings from my far away land I am the sole controller Put the remote down and let me take control You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself Love try can restore your health I bring you greetings uh, Salutations, how you turn And is that how y'all say it?